You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to Inside Carolina's On the Beat Live Thursday night, 9 o'clock. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Ross Martin, Adam Smith, and producer John Bowman. We've got to get you some background, John, just looking at that. Anyway, we'll discuss that later. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Visit them, check them out. Baseball season's here, starts tomorrow. Go get a baseball jersey and head over to Bosch Hummer Stadium for Tar Heel Baseball via Johnny T-Shirt. Ross, you first. North Carolina, NC State on Saturday or Sunday. Greg Barnes wrote an article, basically said it's a must-win game. Uh, I think we're at that point, right? Yeah, there's not many left, Tommy. Five games left. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, they're on the bubble, right? You know, last four in, round of the bubble. One of two last four teams in. So, every game's important. I don't think there's much um, room for error. Adam looks at the numbers more than I do on, on that stuff. But um, this will be a big win. This will be quad one win, I believe. Not a big quad guy. But um, them being ranked uh in raleigh that would that would register as a quad one win so this would be a huge win huge opportunity a lot of opportunity on the schedule but there is little room for error now following the loss to miami coming off uh the, the clemson win but before that losses to duke and who was after duke wake forest was in there somewhere wake forest yeah wake forest so it is i can't keep up with it. it's crazy um <laughs> you know clemson loses to carolina by 20 Turns around three days later, beats Florida State by 40. Damn. I mean, what in the heck is going on in the ACC? Adam Smith, we had, oh, we had officially uh, my football term, must win time for this basketball team. DEFCON 1. <laughs> DEFCON 1. I should have worked on I didn't even plan on doing that. I should have worked on that voice. Covered up. DEFCON 1. Um, yeah, I, thought, I thought five was the worst. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I don't know the way around, right? Uh, People in the I don't chat. know. I mean, this was not workshop. This is all off the top of my bald head. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think there's good news and bad news. And the bad news is obviously that UNC is in this position and they're 16 and 10 and they very well could miss the NCAA tournament. It's true. The good news is if they win these games, I do not think they will. Well, I, I, you know, they won't miss the NCAA tournament if they go 5 and 0. Now, across the the end of the regular season now what are the chances of doing that i mean you know the month of february has not inspired much confidence they're one in four and ross is absolutely right i i don't know if he was he was poking around there he, he was right about it i don't know where he was talking about the ap rankings but the the nc state is a quad one win all day long i mean they're ranked higher in the net than carolina is um so and uh you know just to go over it again Quad one win, beating a top 30 team at home, beating a top 50 team on a neutral court, beating a top 75 team on the road. State's like, I think, 36 today in the net. They'd almost be a quad one win in Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. which be might be nice if they somehow found their way into the top 30 because that win over State uh, from January would qualify as a quad one. But, I mean, I certainly do not – I certainly am not a bracketologist, but I feel like if – UNC is able to beat NC State on the road, which is a huge if. And if they can beat UVA in Chapel Hill on the 25th, another quad one game, 
I mean, you've got to like their chances of sneaking in as an at-large. Now, that granted, you cannot lose at Notre Dame or Florida State. But I think if you win those two games and you lose the Duke game, which no one wants to do, I think you'd still be okay, what, finishing four and one across the, the end of the regular season. Then, then you'd probably still have some work to do in Greensboro, Ross. Yeah, so I was going to say is like, yeah, so you think they can, they can go f- four and one as long as, the, as, long as the, they beat Virginia and State because of how much value those games have? To me, yes. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but yes. I mean, I don't know. I don't see Duke. It's, it's kind of an opinion too, right? I mean, it's not like it's right totally or wrong. Opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that I've seen that anywhere else. I just feel like, you know, the net really values road wins. So State's kind of like, you know, it's got to happen, I think, Sunday. You know, like, you know, you're on the road. Uh, you know, you could sweep NC State, which could be huge for ACC tournament seating. Or, you know, there's some old school guys and gals on that NCAA tournament committee. You know, you see that Carolina swept NC State, who looks like an NCAA tournament team. That has a lot of value. Now, it's, it's not going to be easy at all. But, I mean, it's doable. But to be in this position is kind of unbelievable. That, that brings up our first listener question of the night, as, as Tommy alluded to on Twitter tonight is Twitter question night. So I'm going to read this from Rhett Acock on Twitter. He asks, why don't quad wins lock in when you play? You shouldn't be punished or rewarded later on if that team starts to struggle or go on a run. I know probably we don't have the answer here, but that is a little bit of a weird system. Why do the quad ranges move around so much? It's it's a good point. Let me just quickly get in there. It makes sense because like when you beat them, they were ranked this good. You know, it's not like you didn't beat them when they were ranked what you're going to get counted for, right? Right. right. I heard them – I was watching Alabama and Tennessee last night, night before last, um, and they were giving credit for Alabama for beating number one North Carolina. They were talking about how big a win that was. It was. Then it was. <laughs> I mean, is it now? I mean, no, it's not the greatest win ever, yeah, but like – Good point. Yeah, to Ross's point, though – like, yeah, like Carolina still has – Carolina beat Ohio State when Ohio State was number 23 in the country and playing very well. They have gone off a cliff. Um, Carolina is not playing Ohio State. I think Ohio State's lost 11 of their last 13 or 12 of their last 13. Carolina's not playing them now. They were playing them when they – in the best stretch of their season. Um, but I just think with those things, Ken Palm, the net uh, – all that stuff is just fluid. You know, they, the, these, the metrics move as the teams move. Sometimes it takes the metrics a while to catch up, you know, like computers, the computers have loved Virginia tech this year for whatever reason. And, you know, they've obviously not had a good year, but they've slowly caught up to Virginia tech. You know, that's gotten to be a worse and worse loss for UNC. So it's, um, it's a head scratcher, but I think that's what they, they try to keep it. You know, they try to update themselves in real time. Um, Somebody mentioned on the boards, they were saying, why is Indiana ranked? Um, and they're 18 and seven or whatever, but they're five and six against the quad one teams and Carolina's one and nine. So it's just weird because back in the day, back in my time, you could make the tournament at 20 and 11 or eight. I think Carolina made it. In fact, in one of those years, 19 and 12 or something like that. I don't know if those days exist anymore. I guess we're going to find out because right now with 10 losses and, and five games left and 
you got to think you pick up another one in the ACC tournament. But yeah, it's a great question about, you know, suppose somebody beat Houston today and then Houston lost four starters and played this weekend and somebody else beat them. I mean, you're going to credit that team with the same? I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't understand the rankings here. And somebody in the chats mentioned Michigan. I hadn't paid enough attention um, to Michigan to be able to answer it. What's left? What what more, John Bowman? And what's left? This is we also, just got started. I know, really. <laughs> also, got, this is a uh, this is a live watch party too. Carolina women and NC State. Yeah, keeping up. With I got another question. Got another question for us. since we're talking about the the brackets and getting in the tournament. This is from Car Wash Country, Ross's favorite YouTube channel. Does winning a few ACC tournament games change things, like making the finals? Obviously, need to win the regular season ones. But do you think an ACC tournament run could be the missing piece for this team's tournament resume? Absolutely, could be. I mean, it's not going to hurt to win two or three games. You know, in Greensboro, it's probably going to be needed. But you know, there'll be neutral court games against relatively. I think if the tournament started today, UNC would play Syracuse in the eight-nine game. So if the tournament started today, you play yeah. Syracuse, who's not an NCAA tournament team. But still, will be a, a worth. You know, you don't want to lose the game. Then you would probably play what Pitt or UVA, um, which you know, if you got UVA, it could be huge for your uh, for your tournament chances. So, absolutely, yeah. I, I just think it doesn't matter. The ACC tournament doesn't matter unless these next five games matter. And if they go four and one in these next five games, and one of those ones is not Notre Dame or Florida State. And then you win a couple games or a game and play well in the whatever it is, the second round in ACC tournament or quarterfinals or however they do it. I think that that's when it matters. But Carolina's got work to do before they even get there because they could be in a position where they got to win it. And if this team wins four and four or five and five, uh, that would be one of the biggest miracles I've ever seen from North Carolina basketball, to be honest. Not happening. Another point is the teams they could play on Wednesday, you know, Wake Forest or Syracuse, they're on the border too. They're on the bubble as well. I mean, uh, Wake Forest is 17 and 9. Syracuse is 16 10. Just like UNC, they've won, both teams have won three straight, though. So they're making runs here as, as UNC is falling. So you're not, you know, you could be competing for a spot with Wake Forest and Syracuse in the tournament field, and you may play them in the ACC tournament. So those games become more crucial there. Yeah, but we're and, unsure how the exactly the seedings will work out. Yeah, and, and and the thing about it is, thing about the tournament, they got to put somebody in it. And now there's 68 teams in the NCAA tournament. I mean, could you imagine a Carolina Kentucky game in Dayton? I could see I mean, that as 11 happens. seeds or 12 seeds. That's what I was thinking the other night when we talked to Armando, and he made the infamous, you know, I'm stressed the hell out comment. Like I was just sitting there listening to him, and I was thinking like. Can you imagine an NCAA tournament without Armando Baycott and Oscar Shibway from Kentucky? Like, yeah, it was like two preseason – these two faces of college basketball coming into this year and two faces of NIL. And I don't – you know, I was just – as he was sitting there talking the other night, and Slagle makes a good point, too, that Syracuse, they got a nice chance against Duke this week. Appreciate that one, Slagle. You make a good point. Um, you know, I guess it's all fluid still. You know, it, it obviously is, but – um, that's just wild to think about. I mean, Armando has said it several times to us, but when you really think about it, Armando has said, this is not what we came back for. I mean, good Lord, 
you know, of course it's not what they came back for. The crash and burn is a pre, you know, they would be the only preseason number one ever to make the tournament since it expanded. Setting all sorts of records, Carolina basketball, circa 2023. John, what more do we have? Let's keep it rolling. We just got started. This should, we get it, should we get into the Miami loss at all? We can talk about it. I mean, they stunk. And, <laughs> and Miami's the exact – Miami's got the type of team that I love. You got to – it's a – Old school, old school blue collar. No, just know, some dogs. <laughs> that part. They got – dude, they're like Houston, right? They can play. Their guards will – bully you up they've got dudes that can then can make plays and they talk smack to you while they're doing it got no Except problem the guard i mean they're for a team like unc that's a nightmare matchup for a team like carolina yeah, so what did we see in that game why i think clemson's a more of a a paper tiger type team so they had success against them but why did carolina fail so miserably in that in that first half or, or in that game against miami adam besides the matchup I mean, they, they stunk. They did. They shot five for 31 from three-point range. I mean, that's – Without question. Yeah. I will make this declaration. <laughs> I will go on to Smith Center floor tomorrow and shoot better than five for 31 with people standing around because they were I open believe. looks. I know John Bowman can. <laughs> John Bowman can, like, you know, whoever you put out there. Uh, get Ross screening for him. Get solid screen, that base that Ross Morton has. Um <laughs> But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it is, it is uh, UNC season in a nutshell, in a sense. They played, you know, when they had to have it the other day, when they had to stop the bleeding against Clemson, they did. They beat the crap out of them. They looked great. Caleb Love looked great. They hit 15 threes. They had the ball moving, moving, you know, the corner threes were there. People, you know, Puff was hitting them, you know, like, I don't, Pete Nance didn't, but, you know, like they hit 15 threes. The shots went in. Two nights later, they could not throw it in the ocean. I mean, you know, they shot, what, 16%? It was a season low. It went from a, a matching a season high to a season low there in, in the space of three nights. So um, that's that's what – I'm just getting some comments here. Uh, that's what um, – that's what – that was – that was to me, that was a huge problem. And also, Carolina couldn't exploit its size advantage because – they can't make the shots. I mean, you've seen the still photos of how the teams pack it in or against Armando, how the teams pack it in and try to choke off those driving lanes for Caleb and RJ. The shots are there, man. The shots were there against Duke when Ross and I had those great courtside seats. Um, the shots are there. If they make them, Carolina wins games. If they don't, it's a hair-pulling situation. Hey, remember maybe it was uh, maybe six weeks ago when we kind of bashed Nance – um, you did, yeah. You yeah, were, you were think, pretty hard on him. I think John did too a little bit, and we got you know people push back on the boards. Not many people pushing back now. I mean, everybody wants Nance uh, benched now. It's kind of I think you know he's on a um, he's one for eighteen in February last five games from three. I, mean, I, I tweeted it out today. Earlier. I mean, he's shooting like twenty something percent from the field. Um, I mean. He's in a slump, and he's got to be thinking about it every time he shoots a three. You know, you know, he's got to be thinking about – he has no confidence from deep. So, you know, Hubert talked about it on um, Monday after the loss, and I think on his coach's show last night about tweaks and changes and stuff. And so we have him available tomorrow at, at 2 p.m. 
And it'll be interesting to see if we, you know, if we ask him about kind of lineup changes or tweaks, what he'll say, and then what we'll see on uh, on Sunday at NC State. You know, Puff Johnson's right there. Uh, who knows? You know, more minutes for, for Tyler Nickel. It's also what John said at one point. Nance, you know, he Nance may have seven more games in his college career. You know, so it might be time to just get to get to the pup the, the Puff Johnson generation here at, at UNC or the Tyler Nick or whatever. Um, there's some lineup issues. I think it goes back to some recruiting mistakes, even during the Roy, Roy Williams era. Um, some tra- transfer misses. I mean, there's some. I mean, Justin McCoy's not bringing anything. Don Styles not bringing much. I don't know if that's his fault or, or you know, I, I hold out hope for Don Styles, but you got to trust in Huber's decision not to play him. Um, there's you look at that bench. There's just not that not much there. I saw someone earlier, way earlier, say to start Washington. I don't really know if that's the move. Um, there it is, right point. here. It popped up again. Matt yeah. Gaskell. Oh uh, yeah. Start I don't. Washington. I'll put that there. Um, I don't know if he's ready for that. You know, I think he's he's yeah. I, I do think he could give more give more time um, to relieve Baycott and stuff, but I'm not sure you throw Jalen Washington out there against um, DJ Burns. I think he'll eat his lunch. So. What do you all think about any roster changes, tweaks? Not necessarily starting lineup, but just who should get some more time. Uh, obviously, Pete Nance is, is in a, a world of, of slumps right now. Yeah, I, I was going to – I don't think he'd change anything. I don't think he'd change anything. I, I was going to pitch in a, about Nance specifically. I feel like the Nance discourse has kind of gone all the way around in a circle. I think it's important to remember, too. We lost Tommy. He's pissed about Nance. <laughs> didn't lose me. I was checking. I, I... <laughs> Some, some go, go ahead, John. Sorry, John. Something smelled funky over in the man cave. Made sure nothing was like the TV was burning or something. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> hang in there, hang in there, Tommy. Um, I was gonna say I didn't know, you know how to do it. <laughs> I'm redder than you are, Adam. Go ahead, get it off me. Let's go. I was gonna say about Pete Nance. I think it's important to remember last season in conference play, he was a 46.2 percent three point shooter. So. There's been a lot of talk about, like, Hubert never should have recruited. I've seen the little types of those sorts of things. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's important to remember that I think the thought process around Pete, adding Pete Nance made a ton of sense. Because on paper, especially that shooting mark from last season, which was, you know, a pretty healthy mark in terms of attempts and certainly in terms of his make percentage, the, the thought on paper of adding last year's Pete Nance to this year's team makes a ton of sense. But you have to sort of take stock of the situation. Where we are right now, it's February 16th, 2023. Pete Nance is not shooting the ball well. Right now in conference play, 24.3% for the North Carolina Tar Heels this season. So I think that's sort of where I'd leave it. You know, certainly I think his injuries, we've all seen him with the back pack you know, on, on him throughout the season. I think that's quite a big part in it. And we just haven't gotten the Pete Nance that we saw last season for Northwestern. And I do reflect too on, on Puff Johnson specifically as a player, because it's amazing to me. He's a junior right now. He has at minimum seven games until his senior season at North Carolina. It still feels like we haven't really seen him play. And I know that sounds weird to say, because obviously he's getting a pretty healthy number of minutes, but I feel like his biggest moment in his three seasons as a Tar Heel came in the national championship game. And that was just sort of a supporting cast role anyways. Like I would love to see Puff get 35 minutes 
for a consistent stretch here at the end of the season, just to sort of see what you have in him. Because I feel like we still, I still really don't know what Puff Johnson is as a player. Uh, I feel like he hasn't played consistently enough and hasn't had enough opportunity for the fan base to evaluate him as a player. So that's kind of my, my point there about Nance and Puff. I'm curious about your thoughts there. John, I got, I'm glad you got in there because I was going to ask you about what you just the whole – how do you shoot one for 18 when you're as good as he is? I mean, um, but you're talking about Puff Johnson getting 35 minutes a game. John, he'll foul out. Like, I mean, he, he ain't going to get 35 minutes a game. He's going to – I mean, he will get – God bless him. I mean, he throws his body all over the place. He'll get in foul trouble. Um, I think John just means you know 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, consistently. He yeah, gets I want to see minutes. him play. Also, to Connor O'Neill's point, you need to look at the minutes that <laughs> UNC starters are playing. They're playing a lot of minutes. Uh, it's over true. On this team, they might not be playing that much at uh, at Wake Forest, but they are for for North Carolina. Did you see uh, who, who helped Carolina win the game in Raleigh last year? Boom, boom. Puff Johnson. Because RJ and Caleb, if my memory serves, did not shoot it well in Raleigh, and Puff came out and hit two or three three career high sixteen points, two for four, hurt, from, two for remember? four from three. Yep, I wrote it in an article already. So, um, wow, yeah. you read my mind. Did I read that from your article? No, I, I remember that game. That article's not been published yet. Oh, maybe a little, maybe a little foreshadowing of <laughs> potential. You should do an article on that, Ross. I think it'd be a good one. Leaky um, got hurt, and people were concerned that it was bad. You remember? Like, mm-hmm. that's why Puff played all those minutes. Leaky got hurt, and Carolina had a dang Saturday, Monday, big Monday turnaround. And they're like, oh, my Lord, Leaky's as well as been playing defensively. He's He might be done because it was, it was a bad NC State team. Carolina was rolling. Armando had a great day. Um, everybody played well. Brady Manning. They, they, they blew them out that game, too, pretty much. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about it today, Ross, that you think about when we were there last year at State, and it was a bad State team. People thought Keats might get fired. It had to be maybe the worst turnout I've seen for a State Carolina game. I was there uh, in primo Wolfpacker seats. I mean, they, it was – They it, were given to us. They were like, they we're were not going to see that <laughs> Ross and I ended up getting good seats because people were not enthused about it. You know, like yeah, and, I'm, I'm scared I'm being the hockey uh, hockey seats on Sunday. I think I'll. NC State's a little weird, so there's a couple seats around the um, the court, right? The end zone, but baseline, baseline, and maybe a little bit. Of, I've sat on the side too, um, like next to like donors, and then everybody else is up in a hockey press box, which is above the fifth level, sixth level, however level those are. I mean, it's, it's way the roof. up there. Yeah, yeah. The roof. So you're, like either, you're either really good or you're way up there. And so you just pray that you're by the court. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that, Adam, but compare last year's what's going to be like on Sunday. That's what I was going with. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're they're pissed about what happened in Chapel Hill. Uh, that fan base is a great fan base when they have a winner. You know, they got, you know, everybody lives in Raleigh. No one, you know, Raleigh, East North Carolina, they're all, there's not many – their alumni base is very concentrated. They're all going to be there. They're gonna, they hate Carolina. Um, they have a really a pretty good team this year, and they have a chance to win. So you know how pissed they are at what happened in Chapel Hill, the, you know, the, the foul on Baby T, all that stuff, how much they hate Carolina. So it's going to be rowdy and, and rabid uh, 1 p.m. Good thing it's not a night game with those maniacs drinking. Um, well, the Hurricanes play Saturday right. night, and it'll yeah. be a straight – 
straight people, drink fest made, all the way through. Be wild around through. that area. Yeah, we're going to the hockey game. Uh, I would not stay. Well, I would stay for the basketball game because I like. Going you got to game you got today. tickets, Tommy. Yeah, bought them for face value when it went on sale. So if anybody wants to pay me what they're going for, I might have to talk to somebody. What are they going for now? Uh, our seats probably could get five hundred bucks a piece for them. Damn, John, I might be there on Monday for UNC hockey versus NC State hockey. Yeah, I'd like to go to that. How does that work? Do you Free? just show up? I guess. John, I have to check that out. Yeah, I, that's why. That's why I think. Season sweep for the Carolina hockey team. <laughs> going right. for it. John and I hang out outside of work. We hung out for the Super Bowl. Uh-oh. Any guesses as to what John brought to the Super Bowl party? As his oh, my food? word. Pita chips and hummus. No. <laughs> Any guesses? Cookout. I can't get in trouble for two straight weeks for my food. Did I you bring cookout, cookout. cookout catered? This is to share to share with people. What would right. you bring? Bad radio. He brought a bucket of chicken. Oh. <laughs> Fried chicken. There ain't nothing wrong with that. From Harris Teeter. I picked it up. Oh, at least it wasn't Food Lion. Even though they, you got to do what you got to do, John. Don't let these people steal your shine. They invite you over and then dog you publicly. Right. You are creating content by yeah. he's just falling it away. I'm the viewers have gotten to know way too much about my diet these last two weeks. <laughs> Cook out and fried chicken. I'm going to pull up another you question. You can't tell from here, but John is like 6'8, 240. Right. And he's just got a weird filter on his camera. Go ahead, John. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take this question from from Slagle and, and kind of open it up a little bit here before we we take our ad break. So we are five games left in the season. What do you think has gone sideways for this team? Is it as simple as the shooting has regressed? That's what Slagle proposes. What do you think it is that that's gone sideways for UNC basketball this season? I'll start. I think it's Baycott's a little off and the fact that they can double team, triple team him with no consequences because they don't have the shooters and like, you know, leaky, they don't have the shooters and they haven't shot well. And that's affected the offense. It affects everything when you can't spread it. They can't don't respect your shots. And then you miss open threes. It's, it's open threes and think about Duke Pitt. They hit a, a open three in those games. They win, um, you know, hit a couple more threes against Miami. They could win that game too. I think it's, it's based on that and that it has affected Baycott as well. Um, you know, Kayla's played a little better recently. RJ looked okay against Miami, but I think it's, it's shooting and um, which has affected Baycott's ability to be dominant down low. I think, the inj- I think the injuries have played a factor. Like I Ross, you remember we asked, I think it was, I asked Hubert one of those Fridays, just if he hadn't pushed the right buttons with this team. And he immediately said, I just think that, the injuries haven't allowed me to. I'm paraphrasing of that. He didn't say allowed me to, but he said the injuries, you know, like, I mean, all the guys that have been hurt. I don't know if him saying the injuries is one reason Puff maybe fell out. You know, he's been injured twice this season. So, like, um, and Armando and RJ. Think about RJ. I mean, I mean, if he doesn't get – if he doesn't get beaten up the way he did at Syracuse, they might not win that game. But if he doesn't get beaten up the way he did at Syracuse, they might not lose the Pitt and Duke games uh, after the Syracuse game. Because that finger has really bothered him. Um, we were Ross and I were looking at it the other day. You know, it's it's all taped up. His right index finger on his shooting hand. Um, I would not say all taped up. Okay. What would you say? It's got a up. piece of tape on it. Okay. There's pieces of tape on it. Um, <laughs> Just to be accurate. This yeah, is okay. why eyewitness testimony, folks. Is I took a photo reliable. of it and sent yeah. it to my best friend, Ross Martin, so he could get a look at it. Yeah. Um, 
We'll share it here. Throw it up on I your mean, all taped up. Seems like it's like got like wrapped with all gauze and tape and all You're right. Stuff. Ross is right. It's not all taped up. I apologize. Let me please let me retract it. <laughs> he did not uh, have a club finger. I don't think that Pete Nance's back is fine. I just we you know after the Wake Forest game, which seems like a long time ago, but wasn't. Uh, he was hobbling around. I mean, he was hobbling around. Um, I just don't think he is right, you know. I mean, Jalen Washington had a long there we go up oh, HIPAA. That is a lot of uh, that is a yeah. lot of tape. Careful, Tommy. I had to be careful which photos to show. Yeah, I think you, I think so. <laughs> um, Lord but, have mercy, we were violating YouTube I, for those, uh, <laughs> for those listening. I showed the RJ's finger. I mean, it's not HIPAA, you public available to the public. I was joking. Yeah. You uh, made me nervous. I don't, don't want to get in trouble. But, you know, man, Jalen Washington's been a long road back from those knee surgeries, and I just don't know how many minutes he can play. Um, you know, I just think I, I think the injuries are a factor, and I just think their confidence has uh, – you know, think about how confident – look at how this team looked when they beat Duke at Duke last year. I mean, it you, you could tell when they went, they blew out Marquette. I mean – they blew them the heck out of there to start the NCAA tournament. Look how good they played against Baylor before Manic got ejected. They were playing un- at a level they had never played before. And I just – it's all rolled into this one big ball of pressure, and they they feel it. It's, it's not in a good place right now. Let me throw a question up from Tina or a comment up from Tina Williams because she's a regular, and I agree with this. What do we think about that? Hebert hasn't played the non-starters enough for them to have confidence. My question would be, okay, there have been a lot of injuries. Do we really think the rotation would have been a ton different if there were not the injuries? I don't know if you can say that. I agree that. I think R.J. Davis, one of the tough little nut plays, derailed whatever mojo positive that they had going on against Syracuse when he took Judah Mintz, looked like, Zab Judah, North Carolina <laughs> people should know who that is, the boxer. I got uh, the reference. You I'm did? Nice. Good. See, yeah, you yeah. didn't get it. And uh, that's the Southview <laughs> guy, too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, I think injuries have mattered, but I don't know if the rotation is much different. Without hey, throw, throw that up there again. I got it. I got it. You got it. Hubert hasn't played the non-stars enough. To, yeah. Goes back. I don't know where I, where I said this on. It might have been a radio show or something, but I said that, yeah, I mean, he doesn't play. I think I said on the show last week, he hasn't played the freshmen and sophomores enough early in the season to build confidence in them and in themselves to play them now when he needs them. That's what Roy did. Roy would always play everybody in the first 15, 10, 15 games um, so that he kind of knew what he had and give them some in game confidence so that by the time they, you know, by the time February, March came around, he could use them. Um, and he always, he always would play anybody he needed in the game. He'd always make sure to play them in the first half. I always thought that was kind of a cool little wrinkle he did just so they kind of, you know, you know, got a little, got the, the jitters out and got a little sweat going. So if he needed them late in the second, they kind of were, were ready and not cold off the bench. I think too, it's interesting. Speaking of that exact same thing, it was interesting when at the end of the game, Hubert needed his offensive lineup. He brought in Tyler nickel. He needed his defensive lineup. He brought in Seth Trimble. Where was that? throughout the whole game if you if you want to you know achieve those two goals um, one more point before you do the ad read Ross about kind of where this team has has gone wrong this season I'm going to throw up this comment from Matt 
The problem with this team is we do not have a true point guard. That comment from Matt, I think, really resonates for me. That was one thing that stood out, especially when UNC was trying to enter the ball into the post against Miami to try to feed Armando Baycott. No team is going to make it easy on you to just sort of lob the ball down to Armando Baycott, especially when you don't have shooters surrounding him. It takes a little bit of creativity and, and vision and coordination. Um, you know, you could also say play calling there too, but it takes a little bit of all of those things in order to get Armando Baycott the ball in the right spots so that he's able to then score. And I think on Monday against Miami and really throughout the whole season, UNC has missed that pass first point guard person who can create shots consistently for others because we've seen Caleb Love do that inconsistently, not for sustained stretches. So I think that's a good point by Matt that I wanted to get in there in terms of why this season has maybe gone wrong for UNC. Do it add Reed Ross. I've got some thoughts on the point okay. guard. Yeah, I mean, I think, R- I, think RJ's, I think RJ's a point guard. All right, we'll get back to it. Guys, get some questions in the queue here. We'll, we'll go questions heavy on the on the back half of the show. We'll talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com, the sponsor for the Inside Carolina podcast on the beat. If you are an Inside Carolina subscriber, if you're not, you need to be, go to the premium board. You get 10% off your order on johnnytshirt.com and in person at Johnny T-Shirt, right on Franklin Street, independently owned, local. Check them out, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Uh, great one-stop shop for all your UNC apparel needs. Tommy said baseball jerseys, basketball jerseys, T-shirts, hats, gifts, anything. They have packed store there on Franklin. A great customer service online, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. We'll get some national ads in. Be right back with more On the Beat live here on Inside Carolina Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'll bring it back in. Welcome back on the Beat Live. More point guard discussion here. Carolina, we, in case anybody's wondered, we've sort of gone with the musical theme the last couple of weeks. Living on the edge, Carolina is definitely there on Bubble Talk. By the way, update on Carolina women. Uh, it's that commercial break right now. I think they're up 10 with about six minutes left over nice. in that little gym in Raleigh. Um, <laughs> it's got people so fired up. Uh, Reynolds Coliseum was awesome. I mean, I, I covered State Carolina over there um, before they moved to PNC. That place was – you talking about a zoo. So, did the men play there until when? The men played there until PNC opened. So, was PNC 23 years old? Yeah, I think it was 99 it opened. So I covered – They are playing in like a 6,000, 7,000-person gym? It was yeah, longer. over there when I was in school. 
Yeah, but it was longer. Um, they've chopped off the ends now and done all the fancy stuff on one end. Oh, it's, it looks great now. It's yeah, ugly. but it, it was kind of like the Greensboro Coliseum um, where it was longer. It was narrow on the sides, but it was longer. And uh, they had these portable seats, you know, built up where the students sat. And Ronald Curry and Ed Cota were goading the crowd in the last game in, in Reynolds there. And JB and I were sitting on press row right there on the end zone where you guys talked about where you can sit on the court. And students were waving section of chairs, sections of chairs, like raising hell about it. And uh, pretty crazy environment over there. I'd put that up against Coalfield House and Cameron any day of the week um, in Reynolds. Anyway, point guard. Somebody said RJ is the point guard. RJ is the point guard, but I'm not sure RJ is a point guard. And, and what's gotten me watching this team and – Adam, you can get in if you want, or whoever is. They can't make basic entry passes consistently. And how many times have we seen Carolina just live with somebody like Kendall Marshall or Ed Cota or those type guys that could actually make consistent entry passes to where the big men wanted it, and they haven't done it? I mean, it is a chore to see them get the ball to Baycott. Baycott's been open all the time. And he doesn't get the ball. And if he gets it, he gets it late. That, for me, watching is why Elliot Cadeau becomes such a major recruit, whether he comes next year or the year after, is get somebody to throw the ball down to the bigs. But I don't know if Hubert Davis plays that way or not. What do you think, Adam? Well, is Cadeau going to have a big to throw it to? Mm, um, that's a valid question. I was thinking about when you were talking about your Reynolds memories. One of my memories of Reynolds Coliseum always would be going over there and your feet sticking to the floor because of how much soda and beer and stuff had been spilled on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you have like your like sneakers on or whatever. And you're like, you're whack, whack, whack. I mean, your feet would stick to the floor. Um, and or puke. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, all sorts of fluids and uh, things of that nature. But um, my thing I was thinking about when, with the point guard thing is like, you know, what sucks is that, this thing is all set up. If you wanted to be an, an, an I told you so type of person, which there's a lot of them out there on the internet, um, I mean, you could just have at it with this UNC team. Because what I was thinking was, you remember when Hubert Davis said in the preseason he wants Caleb Love to lead the ACC in assists? You know, that, that ain't happening at all. And obviously you could throw R.J. Davis saying championship or bust. I mean, you know, <sighs> there have been some yikes-type statements that you could – you know, bulletin board material that, um, you know, I'm sure teams heard and stuff. But, no, Caleb Love is not leading the ACC in assists. He has 76 assists this year. He, do, he doesn't lead – R.J. leads the team with 85. What's 76 divided by 26? They're both averaging like 3.1. I mean, it's not very pretty. Well, not only that, in assists over field goals made in conference only, UNC ranks last per Ken Palm. That's 15 out of 15 teams. So that shows they're just not creating chances consistently for each other. And I would disagree respectfully with uh, the OG Tommy Ashley in that I just think, I mean, I'm, I know I sound like I'm beating a dead horse. I just think that these teams pack it in on Armando and push him out. It was a catch he had uh, against Pitt. I mean, not Pitt, Miami the other night where he was already in the corner when he caught it. I mean, he was like, they double teamed him in the corner because he just, I mean, they're pack. I mean, as Roy Williams said, it would look a lot better if the ball went in the basket. I mean, I just think that they, you know, if they somehow could get, 
the type of performance they had against Clemson, I'm laughing because, of course, they beat everybody if they played that way. You know, that, that just loosened so many things up. Um, I just think this team, as it is currently constructed, it just goes the way Caleb Love goes to oversimplify it. I mean, I just think he is – I know we've talked about RJ being the most important player. I don't disagree with that. I just think that if Caleb Love plays well, Carolina is going to have a chance to beat anyone. And if he struggles, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and not a good one. I thought he played well the last couple games, though, until he got shot happy there in the second half. He played great against Clemson. He played amazing against Clemson. He was like two for 12 from three against Miami. A lot of those coming very late. I think, um, yeah, it's they're making it really hard for Amato. It's so tough. I mean, every possession is tough for him. And then he gets double team, triple team. The, The catch is tough. You know, movement's tough. Um, and another thing is like, this team does not get easy baskets. There's no, yes. there's not much transition. I've talked about this before, you know, there's not that many, like kind of just easy dunks, you know, the secondary break where you kind of score before the defense is set. There's not many transition. I mean, when's like, I mean, you, there's not many just like run outs, you know, uh, occasionally get leaky in the passing lane. He'll get a run out. You know, there's just not many of those though. And I mean, you can you get ten or twelve points in transition. It, it makes things a lot. But it's quicker to get to sixty and seventy that way. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, like Adam said, like you know, making shots loosens everything up. You know, it looked kind of good when RJ was driving in the first half against. I mean, they looked pretty good in the first half against Miami. I thought yeah. I mean, if they're down one, I think Huber said it like down one. The way they're playing, he would take that every day. Um, RJ was driving, Caleb was driving, and, and then just Miami went on a big run, and UNC had no answer. Um, so yeah, I think at this point it, it, they are kind of they are what they are. That you know this team is what it is. Um, I, my personal thing, I was like, all right, we're gonna see if they can beat Clemson. They did. I was like, all right, I'm gonna give them one more chance. If they if they can beat Miami, then I'm kind of back in on this team, and they kind of let you down now. So now it moves on to state, like we said. But bringing it back to the beginning of the show, the window is closing, and you lose at state. Whew. Yeah, I don't yeah they see are. It. They are kind of who they are at this point. Like, you can only have one post-game 37-minute locker room meeting. You can yeah. only have one players-only meeting right. in the middle of the season. Like, you've kind of done that. At this yeah. point, you are who you are. If you're being positive and you're trying to take a positive glass half-full look at it, you could say this team has done some of their best work when their back is up against the wall, you know, when they – we're making that run late last season. You know, they, they needed to win in February and March to get into the NCAA tournament last year. They needed to, to survive in advance in the NCAA tournament, and they did that. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, that's the positive spin. But the reality is this team is who they are. The last five games, I don't think we're going to see anything, uh, you know, majorly different. You know, there, I don't think there's a – I don't think there's a five-game winning streak coming for this basketball team. One thing for State, I mean, this team should be very much rested. Any injuries or, or tweaks, you know, you have six whole days to, to heal, right? Monday to Sunday, first Sunday game of the year, to my memory. Um, so, and, you know, State's coming off a loss as well. They lost on Tuesday night to, to Syracuse on the road. Um, so both teams coming off losses. So, you know, I'm sure he will have them motivated. They kind of everybody knows it's at stake. This team is not dumb. Um, Adam, what do you think about how Hubert handled the, the post game press conference? I mean, he was pretty honest. I thought, like a little more uh, forthcoming with with some of his answers. 
and what he said. I mean, it wasn't this kind of quiet thing like against Wake. Um, I thought that was a little telling. Uh, any thoughts on how he handled the press conference? That, that just yeah. came to mind. Yeah, it goes into what we're talking about with with you and John saying this team is sort of what it is as it's as it's constructed. I, I thought Hubert, Hubert did not do it, but I thought he essentially shrugged and said, "Guys, you know, we're the worst shooting team in the ACC from three point range." You know, he he did not say it, but he said, "Well, what do you expect?" You know, like mm-hmm. he, he almost said the law of averages caught up with us after we got so dang hot against Clemson. Is what he essentially said without saying it. Multiple but, times he just said, look, we got to make shots. I mean, that is it. Is it. Yeah. And we have to be man enough to come up, step up and make shots. I think I said that in at least two or three answers. And, and that's kind of, you know, you have to make shots. And so he knows that um, and, and at some point, you know, the coach can only do too much, you know, can only do so much. You kind of, all right, you got some open threes here. We, we kind of drew it up to you. Some people are going to get on Hubert, of course, because, you know, he's the, you know, he's the head coach. And so he deserves a lot of the, the blame, but, um, you got to make open threes. Um, I was yeah, thinking about it as you were talking, Ross. I mean, I know you said it a couple times. I just think it's such a good point that, yeah, this team struggles to get easy baskets. I mean, it sounds such a simple thing to say, but goodness, you know, like they're just that, that they add up. It's such a help to get that. And I wonder, and I could be way overthinking this galaxy braining it here, but like if you're going to play 35 minutes a game, if you're going to play 38 minutes a game, like, do you pace yourself? Does this team, you know, I've just thought about this on the fly, so I've not really hammered it out in my head. Does this team pace itself knowing that, you know, think about it when you play basketball. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes you need to catch a breath. I mean, like, I wonder if they just pace themselves because they don't run. Um, I'm not sure what their tempo numbers are. I should have looked that up. But, I mean, it's not. Aren't they, dead? Aren't they terrible on tempo? I, I lost out there running the break. Maybe, um, too, a little bit of it is, you know, it was the same thing last season, and last season was a long season. They went last yeah. year from November essentially until April. They played a lot of games. They played a lot of minutes. So there's maybe a little bit of a cumulative effect to the Knicks and, and the Knacks are starting to add up a little bit. I do want to bring in another Twitter question here because this is our, our Twitter episode. We're answering questions from, from Twitter users. This is from at Shannon Ben Benez, um, speculate about what next season's starting five will look like. There's already been a few comments about that too here in the chat pod. So at this point, let's rec- recklessly speculate about uh, <laughs> uh, next season. Score update real quick. Uh, 214 left, 57-53, UNC's up four with 214 left in the game. I'm watching it on the little game cast here. Yeah, and they were up uh 55-45 and state has now cut it to 3. 357-54. I like this Kayla McPherson girl. Yeah, they're playing hard. It's pretty intense. They got more floor burns in the fourth quarter than Carolina men have in the past month. All right, answer your question, John. I think the starting <laughs> lineup is RJ Davis at the point guard. Transfer at the shooting guard, unnamed transfer, unnamed transfer at the small forward, <laughs> Puff Johnson at the four, and Jalen Washington at the five. Shout out Albert Tucci, by the way, for getting on Ken Palm. I've got Ken Palm up right here, but I didn't look, Albert. You're the man. He's I guess DeMarco play. Dunn would be – I guess DeMarco Dunn would be it. But they need, a, they need a shooter. They need a hot shot score in the transfer portal. If you're losing Caleb Love – I mean, Caleb Love could come back. I don't know. I don't know what that guy's thinking. Armando Baycott could come back. 
Maybe a lot of them on a big cotton tail glove. I know. I just I have no idea. Like I just I think you did you made a good stab at it, Ross. Like, how about uh K Do? Does he reclass? Am I saying his name right? I have no idea. Kado. Kadow, Kado. Kado. Easy like he's water. Swedish. She's Haitian Swedish. Right. Like yeah, it's that's okay. folks need to folks in the chat are on this and are listening need to check out Sherelle Scoop. Inside Carolina premium Sherelle scoop. A lot of discussion about that. I don't like reclasses. I mean, even though those guys are older, uh, I mean, we've seen too many examples of reclasses not working out. But Slagle had RJ, Love, Puff, Washington Baycott. I, I don't know if Washington Baycott no on, on the same court. I mean, there is. I mean, that could there, be possible. That's two, that's two kind of non-shooters. You need a shooter at the four. Like, that's what we're talking about here. When they were successful – Brady Manic was at the four, banging threes, bang, bang, MF. And now you have Pete Nance at the four, and look what's happening. So you need a shooter at the four. That's the design of this offense. He's joking you up, he said in the chat. That, is he? It is It is time for there to be some fresh blood in North Carolina's on North Carolina's team. I mean, give credit. Shooter. Slagle says Washington shooter. He hasn't had a three all season. Yeah. That's my thing. Like, when is Jalen Washington going to make a three? I mean, like, I think he's got a great touch. You know, he's got a nice 12, 10, 12, 15 foot touch. But when he steps out the three, he, right, Ross, he hasn't made a three, right? Like, he's, he's only attempted like five or six, but yeah. State just cut it to one 22 seconds. Should we we stop the pod and go watch it? No, because it's about to be over. Kayla McPherson going to the line. I don't know how they do the line. No, Carolina's. I don't know how to do it in women's. Yep, she's on the bone. One on one, 17 seconds left, uh, up one in Raleigh. Play yeah, by play, Tom. I've got it on. Part. I'm looking at it on, you know, ESPN Plus and ACC Network and the streaming app. That's all good stuff. I it's think we need to. Time. I think, I mean, it's not going to be easy to do, but I think it's. Ooh, I think we need to come to the understanding that, you know, Brady Manick was like a unicorn. Like, I mean, what did he make last year? Like 98 threes? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's 6-9. Um, the problem is, is Carolina fans keep expecting Brady Manic to walk out there. It's like the three-point Jesus. He's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Carolina gets open shots, right? And this is one thing that I've got to – I'll give Hubert some credit for, and Adrian Atkinson talked about it on his. They get open looks. Now, who's supposed to make them make it? You got Jeff Lebo. We've talked about this multiple times. Hubert Davis and Jeff Lebo. Why can't they shoot? Do we agree that they get coaching? Right? Oh, God. They get, I mean, Lebo and Caleb Love, when we get to be around there, Lebo and Caleb Love are out there before every practice. Lebo's got like those, you know, almost looks like dummy net thing set up where it almost looks like uh if you're pitching batting practice mm-hmm. that you what you would throw behind like he's got those set up for Caleb to shoot all over the court I mean it's not like they don't work it's not like they don't want it I mean you know like it's just this is why we love sports you never yep. know what the hell's gonna happen yep. <laughs> this team is spinning it's spinning its wheels but as far as next year goes I have no clue I mean, I, I think it needs to be a fresh set of downs. It's like getting that first down on the fourth and one. I don't disagree with set. you, but the way Hubert is about things, I think he would like want everyone, you know, Hubert would want everyone back. Come back, come back. 
Like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. This is what I would do if I was the coach. I'd kick Justin McCoy off. I'd kick Will <laughs> Shaver off. I'd take some – seriously, I'd take, if you want to win games, I'd take some more freshmen. I'd go take a chance on some top one, you know, outside the 100 shooter. I would get a couple shooters in there, and if one hits, you're good. It's like taking two quarterbacks in a class. You just hope one hits. Justin McCoy is not going to play. Will Shaver's not going to play. Zayden High, I don't think he's going to be very good either. So I'm not sure You know, he's, he's coming in anyway. Give him a shot. And then, um, I mean, I, if Baycott wouldn't come back, I would take him back. Um, and gets, yeah, take some fresh, get some fresh guys, and get some more freshmen in here, and see what works. Um, what would you do if Caleb Love wanted to come back? <laughs> I mean, I, not I, I like I like Caleb Love. I just I I just think kind of his run is, you know, it's kind of he's it's run his course. But look, he's a good put when he's on, he's on. So I mean, I would take him back. We're getting to the, the good stuff here at 9.52. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, we we, we need to get out of there. Like, I just and, don't see Hubert being like, all right, get the hell out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, it's, this is a tough decision. CEOs have to make tough decisions. Yeah, it's You're the CEO of the program. And, and Dontrez Styles, I would imagine, I, I think he should transfer. I would transfer if I was him. i go to East Carolina and start for the next three years or two years, whatever he has left. Um yeah, and then UNC gets a fresh start with with a lot more bodies in there to see what you have. You, you, once you, I mean, they know that Justin McCoy and Will Shaver are not good. Um, and who knows what, who are the other freshmen? Um, Simeon Wilcher's coming in. Yeah, he's, so he'll be pretty good. And I think I think they like Seth Trimble, obviously, and, and Tyler Nickel. I think they, they like him. Jalen Washington. I think that's it, right? Oh, then Shaver, yeah. I will I mean, say, too. Seth Trimble, you got Simeon Wilcher coming in and then Cadeau coming in. Like, you just – Gotta get shooters. Like they, they still don't have any shooters coming in. Like right, they're gonna have to add shooters in the transfer portal. I will say too, like in the era of the transfer portal, it's very easy to remake your team on the fly. Like you look across the college basketball landscape. Take take a team like Missouri, for example. They basically just said, "Hey, transfers, come on in." They have like nine transfers. <laughs> they have totally remade their team, and now they're went from essentially worst to middle of the pack in the SEC. But Miami. I say that, say, yeah, exactly. If you I say that to say, you can, you can do a lot with your roster. You can change a lot in the off season. I don't know if there's an appetite though, to do that from Hubert Davis Ross. Tie ball. Oh, they just turned it over. Oh my God. Game winning layup. Though. Missed the layup. Whew. Okay. What happened? It was tied 62-62. UNC had the inbounds with nine seconds left and they turned it over and then an NC State player missed like a pretty much open layup. It was challenged. Now it's 0.7 left. It was overtime. Should we get out of here, Tommy? Yeah, let's get out of here. Wow. The overtime, yeah, there's 0.7 left. Everyone go watch ACC Network. Yeah, ACC Network, Carolina women. 0.7 seconds left. I believe Carolina has the ball. Yes. Uh, they are uh, – They got to go to the full court? I don't know. Yeah, they got to go full court. They're not going to get there. Look, Deja the Kelly challenged. She blew the layup. Deja Kelly didn't even touch her. Let's see. Hold on, our state. Uh, maybe a it's fan radio. Out. All right. No, it's good radio. People getting live play-by-play action on inside. The, pod, the podcast listeners are going to be a little confused. <laughs> hey, so that's okay. <laughs> it, it, join us on YouTube. You never know what you're going to get. Let's get out of here. Carolina women, 62 all. If you're watching us, go watch them. We're going to get out of here. Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com sponsors us. Uh, Ross and Adam will have state basketball coverage on Sunday. We've got Inside Carolina Live Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Jawad Williams will join that show. Jawad will say some things. 
we'll have to see what Jawad has to say about this North Carolina team. Adam Ross, John. Go watch so, Tommy's baseball video, too. He did a great job. Interviewed Scott Forbes. Good job. Oh, yeah. So, baseball season starts At James' comment. We Let's see you, get Pat. In. Let's Where's get Pat? in everything. Go watch uh, Carolina baseball. 